you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And we're back with the podcast. We got a special guest, Rashad Jennings, and we're going to be hitting all types of stuff in this episode. We're going to be talking about magic tricks, guitar playing, a near-death swimming experience, and uh, tackling your biggest fears. And I think his high school story is going to turn into a movie one day, so uh, stay tuned. Something that every player needs to think about, uh, something I definitely thought about, it's not a bad thing to think about it, is uh, the word transition. And one thing about life, you got to always be able to adapt. And somebody that I'm learning about that's a guest with us today is, I think, someone who's transitioned really well. And I want to get his pick his brain about it. But former number 23, he had the jersey before me. Um, so I'm trying to rep him well. But uh, Rashad Jennings, man, what's going on? What's happening, man? Appreciate you having me on. And yes, you, you're repping it well. Definitely. <laughs> so how, how are the holidays for you? Because like the holidays for me, it's crazy. It's always about around football. Like I've been playing football since I was six and Thanksgiving is football and everyone's home on Thanksgiving and I'm normally playing or I had practice that day. And Christmas for me is, is my favorite holiday. And I've had practice on Christmas. I've traveled on Christmas. So tell me, what do you remember when you were playing with the holidays based on now that you're done playing with the holidays? How has it changed for you? Big time difference, man. I mean, like you said, when we play, when you're playing the game, you got to travel so much. You have to be able to put your job first. And quite often I hated like separating my family where, you know, maybe my mom and dad would want to come to or whatever respect the team I was with, but then the rest of the family's back at home. So I'd rather just have all them there. You know, and I just right. be the only one missed out. So uh, now 
I, I I'm a little bit more logical in what I'm able to eat too around the dinner table. You yeah, know, I ain't gotta wake up in the morning and run from oversized men. So it's definitely I've, I've got back. I've got a chance to really catch up on all the things that I've missed over the, over the years in the course of my career. And you don't have to worry about them Friday weigh-ins. You know, nah. catching you on uh, <laughs> on Friday that, that that sneaky weigh-in for a quick fine. Edge on the worst, man. I, I missed a couple along the way, but not too many. Now, have you played? Because I haven't played. Have you played a Thanksgiving game? Yes, a couple. Um, yeah, every time I play on Thanksgiving games, it's just something weird goes on, even from college. Like football, it was negative seven degrees, college football, yeah. right? And then to get in the NFL, every time I play Thanksgiving, I, 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 the one time I got a concussion, the next time I had a crazy injury. Yeah. Like something always happens on Thanksgiving, so I'm glad like to sit back and watch <laughs> and, and not watch. be out on the field worried if I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel that's true. I mean, college, I probably had a couple, you know, the season ends and you're in the league and now we're playing 17 games. And like, you see like college coaches dipping, getting other jobs and their season's done. You're like, man, we still got six, seven games to go. Like, this is really when you want to like start hitting your stride as a player, as, as an organization, this is the time of year you got to make a push high school. You're done. You're starting basketball college you're getting ready for your bowl game you know and the nfl is just such a longer season man it's just so different i can't even explain it to people who don't know like how long the season is compared to what you're used to come out of high school and college yeah and then you got the mental aspect of that too along with the physical like it's especially as a young buck coming into the game i mean it's the worst first you think you i i came in with attitude i thought i was gonna get cut every day man uh-huh. Yeah. At some point, the Grand Reaper was going to come say, you know what, appreciate you, where's your playbook? And so you're always on the edge. You always feel like you got to prove yourself. Um, and even as you get older, you still, you, you feel less of it because you understand the business a little bit more. You know when yeah. you're going to get cut. <laughs> yeah, you can, you, can, you, can, you can check it out. You can, you can foresee it a little bit. There's some surprises, but you kind of see how the roster's built. You kind of know when you got security or don't, but – you're right. You got to feel like you got to prove it every, every year. I feel like I'm on a one-year deal, like seriously. Cause I'm like, all right, I just signed this new deal, but shoot next year, you know, my guaranteed money's up. So I definitely got to show, you know, it's like every yeah. year is a one-year deal. So I want to talk a little bit, you know, about your career. You're in different spots. How I, I look at my career as chapters, right? I was in, I'm in my third organization. I'm in my ninth year. Uh, I had four in New England. I came in and I was a pupil and I learned. I just took in so much information. I learned how to win. I learned how to, the, um, the situational football of the game. I learned the team element of the game. Um, it's all about the team, the team, the team over there, as you know. I really learned a lot in that chapter. And then my, my next chapter, I free agency, I went to Tennessee. And I kind of I kind of blossomed as a leader. I blossomed as a, as a guy who got paid in free agency. And, and those pressures of having to perform when you, you know, when you're known or supposed to, and then just signed with the Giants last year. And this is kind of the chapter where I'm like the OG, like second oldest on the team. Guys are born in the year 2000 now, you know, just young, young, <laughs> young, younger league. And you're trying to show them kind of like the vet. I still got it, but I'm like, definitely feel like the vet in a sense of my experiences. These guys, some of them have never been to a playoff game. I was fortunate to be in some Super Bowls. Some of them never played winning football consistently. Some of them are still trying to find their stride. So I kind of have like these chapters that I, you know, I'm a storyteller. I kind of have these chapters in my career. So tell me about your career and how you look back at it. 
from, from the back end going yeah, back forward? Yeah, for sure. Appreciate that question, too. I look at it as, you know, where I'm from, I'm from a little small town, Forest, Virginia. It's, it's, it's self-explanatory, bro. Forest, Virginia. I'm from the country. <laughs> I grew up understanding animals before people. With that in mind, I, I'm small town, right? And so Jacksonville, my first chapter into the NFL, it's, kind of, it's a bigger place than where I'm from. It's huge in comparison. Um, right. You got the beach. You know, I'm not used to all these opportunities that's really out there. From where I'm from, I went to Liberty University as well, which is yeah. 10 minutes from my house. So not that much exposure. You know, then the next chapter, I went to the Oakland Raiders, which is a bigger market. I lived in Alameda. I could see Alcatraz from where I was living at San Francisco right there. I got a chance to go the Facebook me Zuckerberg, like it's bigger, right? I'm meeting more people, networking, and then boom, I go to New York, the mecca of everything. So right. I feel like I was baby transitioned into uh, more life experiences um, rather than just coming from a little town to New York, you know? And so I was prepped to appreciate it more, especially as a veteran, understanding yeah. how the NFL is very quick and short and how to, how to, how to kind of like set up yourself for after football. Um, so that's really I'm thankful that my trip, my chapters in the NFL were kind of on a roller coaster constantly going up. Yeah. No, no doubt. Look, they, they sent me a brief. Man, I know, I know, you know, of you and who you were. And I, I believe we played against each other and a lot of respect, uh, game plan against you. And they sent me a quick little like bio resume, like here, who's who, here's who's joining. Uh, who we like, and here's some stuff you did you can hit on. It's, you work with the, you know, the Asthma and Allergy Association of America. You won Dancing with the Stars. You have a new gaming venture. You have a young adult book series, acting job, acting gigs. Like, man, I mean, you didn't, you didn't let the NFL ruin you, dude. You transitioned quick. So when did you start working? When did you start realizing, like, yo, I have more talent than just being a running back? And I want to get paid for this one day and I want to use my platform. When did that start for you in the, in the process? Man, what, what a start, uh, that conversation. So <laughs> I kind of would say, I've, I've, I honestly, I've always felt that way. Whether it was in a position of, at the time when I was young, cocky, that I right. could do everything. I had the ambitions to do everything, but I realistically was not in a position to do nothing. Um, I had a 0.6 GPA in high school. I was a fifth string running back. I was an overweight, chubby kid, you know, like it, I was not set to do much. Right. And so with, it, there was a trigger where I started taking ownership and responsibility in my life. And I, I put myself more in the driver's seat. And um, that well, really was triggered that? Tell me, tell me what triggered that. Yeah, that particular trigger, because it was a couple, but this particular right. one. You know, it's pretty funny. I, I make the story kind of quick, though, but I was fifth string yeah. running back high school. We played against a high school rival. Um, last game of the season. I never played one snap of high school football at this point, bro. So this is kind of like our Super Bowl. If they beat us, they go to the they go to the playoffs. If we beat them, right. they're out. So it's like we got to beat them. So when I tell you I never played so much, the thigh pads and the knee pads and the hip pads, I used to take them out before every game and stuff it with M&Ms, you know, <laughs> Sprite. Can't like I, I was set up for the front row ticket to watch the game. Me and my buddy, his name was Speedy. He never earned his name at all. He was terrible. But um, <laughs> so we was on the sideline. Quick story, man. First string goes out. He he gets hurt. Now it was a Tennessee scout to come watch him because he was really good. His name's Quincy Freeman. He was a baller. 
First string got hurt, he comes out. Second string goes uh, goes in, he gets hurt. Third string goes in, he gets hurt. All this in the first quarter. Fourth string goes in, this guy gets hurt. First quarter, I can't make none of this stuff up. So I'm sitting on the sideline like, you know, I'm fifth, right? I'm fifth only because we got four running backs. That's what, you know, they just gave me a number just to right, you know, yeah. shut up and get off my face. So Coach scans the sky, sidelines. He gets a wide receiver and throws him in instead of me. Uh, he goes in. He gets hurt. Can't make it up, bro. So I, they have no choice but to put me in. I go out there. I'm scrambling. I find a random helmet. I don't even know where I put mine. It's, you know, dirty mouthpiece. I don't know whose it is. I rip it out. I got, like, residue. and We got white pants. So you can see M&M's grease all over my pants and stuff. And yeah, I go I in. Real, real M&M's in the, in the pants. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the teammates, they're like, Rashad, what you doing? I'm like, everybody hurt. We got to go, baby. First play, it was just a counter. I get the ball, 30-yard touchdown. I come back to the sideline. I'm crunk. I'm amped. You can't tell me nothing, right? I chest bumped my boy. He fall. Like, it's a moment. And, uh, you know, they decided to put me in later on in the game. I score another touchdown. Similar situation on defense. Guys kept getting hurt left and right. Uh, they put me in my first plan defense sacked the quarterback. He fumbles to pick it up. Nobody's in front of me. 30 yard touchdown. And it's 24, 21 fourth quarter. They got one minute. They got the ball. They got to do is run the clock out. Um, I don't know what they were thinking, but they came out, run the ball. We, 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 we shut them down, run the ball, shut them down. We call timeout again, keep calling timeouts third down. And it's about like five and it's 30 seconds left. All I got to do is run one more play and kind of take it home. I don't know why they decided to run a screen. I'm playing defense in. I sniffed the screen out. He throws it. I intercept it, take it in for a touchdown. We win, walk off, right? First time I ever played high school football, four touchdowns, two on offense, two on defense. The Tennessee scout that came and saw that started running back saw me. And he came up to me and he says, uh, son, you got potential. How are your grades? And I told him I had a point six. And he said, you got potential. Get your grades right. Now, for the first time, Ryan, that's the, that's the first time anybody ever told me you got potential and I believe in you outside of my family, my parents. But that goes yeah. one ear the other. And so yeah. I transferred high schools. I repeated my junior year, repeated. Uh, I took all my homeschool classes, summer school classes on top of the regular academics. And I never turned that attitude around that when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. So you're going to get a movie deal after this because that story is crazy. Bro, it's just never – I mean, I've seen some I seen some kids in high school had no business playing ball with polos under their uniform. You know, i seen some kids with some, you know, capris on over the pants, but i never seen no, no M&Ms and Sprite in the game pants. That's a, <laughs> that's a first, bro. That's an absolute yeah. first. And I, and I get what you're saying with the story, though. I get what you're saying with the story because I, I I couldn't be any different, man. Like when I touched the rock as a kid, I was a baller. Quarterback since growing up, I was going crazy. Four or five touchdowns in the game, and I had a coach tell me when I was nine, ten years old after the game, I'll see you in the NFL one day. So that potential, when someone sees that potential, man, that's that's what it that, that can go a long way for you to tell that story now after everything you accomplished. I mean, that game was crazy, but for that one coach to say that to you, that scout. Um, it's a true thing with that positive, that manifestation, that positivity can do for somebody. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and, and I carry that with me today. And that's why I utilize my platform. Uh, yeah. I'm sure as well as you do, you know, I, 
I quite often tell people, it's not too much special about me. It's more so that I'm in a special position. And so if I can utilize that to be a magnifying glass towards things I believe in and being a voice for it, I want to do that. So you'll be surprised, just an encouraging word where it can, how that resonates with that individual and they hold on to that moment for life. So, so tell me, you know, when I came, when I came to the New York Giants, it was, it was strategic. It was a, a place where I was able to choose my place a little bit, choose my spot over some other teams. And I knew, I, I knew the platform could do so much for me. I knew it was a pressure cooker and uh, I wanted that. I thought that opportunity was great. I thought that opportunity to, I was doing a lot of things. I was doing a ton of things. I have an animal foundation. I, I started a police reform company with my father. Um, I had a radio show going on. Um, I was playing really at a high level, but I was in Tennessee and the market was so small and I had to almost self-promote myself so much. Like I'm this and I'm that, and I got this. And I didn't, I'm not like it. I don't like being a self-promoting hype man. I don't listen to the podcasts when I'm done. I haven't, I mean, I think they're great, but I don't even listen to them. I don't watch my interviews. I get awkward watching myself talk. I wish I would have said that <laughs> instead of this. I, sometimes I don't even like watch myself on film. You know, I had that embarrassment, but I was like, yo, I'm ready for New, for New York. I'm from New Jersey originally. I knew what it was like growing up here. Um, the NFC East is the greatest division to play. And as you know, the tradition, the fan bases. So tell me what New York did for you and how you use New York to your advantage. Yeah, absolutely, man. And similarly, when I looked at the options, you know, I started thinking about big picture and I, I knew that the magnifying glass of New York would allow and the uh, the mecca of it, the echelon of it, um, the history of it, the trajectory of it, anything you uh, say can and will be held against you good or bad, that if, 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 if I'm given a megaphone, I can speak what I choose. So that's kind of how I saw the opportunity of New York. Also, you know, to get a chance to play under some leadership, Tom Coughlin at the time. And like, so it was play with Eli. And so it was real prejudice for myself. And I fit, I fit the, I fit the mold of what they were trying to accomplish at the time. I loved it. I loved every minute there. Loved every second fan base, people, um, the networking ability. Um, and I really honestly think that that, you know, especially at that particular time in my career, kind of, I became a giant, truly, like from the staple yeah. of, you know, how you carry yourself, how you, um, how you present yourself, what you're about, what you stand for. But how I used it was uh, playing ball, baby. You know how that go. It's, it's cold like that, ball. And, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's fun, though. Like, it's, su it's such a good time to play in New York when you're winning, especially. For sure. For me, again, you know, with ESPN, with, uh, you know, writing books and getting into cartoons and um, all the things that I really dabble in. Um, and that was one thing I did in the NFL while I played. Every single offseason, I picked up a new art and craft. The first offseason, I picked up a guitar until I learned how to play it, right? And then the next offseason, I pick up magic tricks. So the whole offseason, I studied how to do magic tricks along with just training from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. all day. And then the next offseason, I picked up archery. Olympic style fencing, um, all these things. And, you know, it's ironic how Dancing with the Stars happened because I think that happened because yeah. of, you know, in part being in New York. Um, one particular right. day I was walking down uh, Manhattan and TMZ pulled up on me for no reason with the camera and I had my headphones yeah. on, just kind of doing one of these things. And he was like, hey, Rashad, looks like you got some great dance moves. Look, you ever thought about doing Dance with the Stars? And the camera's on me. I'm just like, yeah, sounds great. 
never even knew what Dancing with the Stars was at that time. I just said, right? And um, somehow they got wave of that. And the next year, a couple other relationships happened to make it make sense. So, you know, I'm th- like it, only in New York. That's the reason. I've always found myself, uh, New York has been able to put my little name beside major names when it probably shouldn't. That's like, it seems to me like you just, if you, like you said, picking up a craft and, and, and learning something new, you have a learner's mentality, beginner's mentality. Where does that, where does that courage come from? Because dancing with the stars is out of our norm. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for dancing with the stars yet. I've done some dancing for my game. I've done some, this for my game. Like I, I, I've tried to, I try to do some stuff to utilize my game. I didn't do magic tricks or archery or anything like that. You're trying to actually learn something new, but that takes so much courage. You, were you ever afraid like a failure? How, how do you, how do you overcome that fear of failure or something new? I love truly being a novice in the room. It's intrinsic to me. I'm, I'm drawn to setting in an arena or in a room where I'm the most unaware person when it comes to the subject at hand or the talent that should be exposed. Because the type of attitude I have is I'm not gonna be that for long. It puts me in a position of humility. It puts me in a position of hearing. It like, it puts, it puts you back to an elementary root of, let me absorb information. So like when it came to dancing, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I signed up because I didn't know what I was signing up for. I'm going to just keep it above. Like I said, I never seen the show prior to going on. So this right. is how it even happened. So that off season, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I trained with Pete Bomarina and, and, and every single off season, eight to 1 PM. And I had gone to one of my friend's house. It was a big shindig. They had a party, watching TV, eating and having a good time. And a commercial came on. And the commercial came on to where these people were dancing and it looked really good. Like it wasn't no regular, like normal club dancing, hip hop or nothing. They yeah. looked real smooth. And I was like, yo, what in the world are they doing? I want to learn that. Right. And one of my friends, she happened to know what kind of dance they were doing. So she said, oh, Rashad, they're doing a cha-cha. I said, what the heck is a cha-cha? She said, oh, that's ballroom dancing. Man, what the heck is ballroom dancing? Right. I know nothing of this. So I got the bright idea. You know what? I'm going to learn how to ballroom dance this all season. Sure enough, the very next day, right after a workout session, I walk into a ballroom studio and uh, I go in there with a tank top on. I don't know the culture. I don't know anything. Right. And uh, open the door. Ding. Everybody's like this. All graceful, (laughs) quiet, fatigue. And, you know, you got this big burly dude coming there. And I didn't even know how to ask properly. She said, she said, can we help you? I said, yeah, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking for the cha-cha, like as a person, right? Oh, no. And so <laughs> she was like, sir, are you trying to learn how to dance and the cha-cha? I said, yes, ma'am. And she pulled me over the side. She said, well, we don't have any availability until two weeks from the day. I was like, no problem at all. She said, you want public or private lessons? I said, definitely private. I don't want nobody saying this. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll be back in two weeks. A week from that day, didn't even get to two weeks. A week from that day, dancing with the stars calling and it happened. So my very first lesson ever was actually on the show. And I, and our very first dance was a cha-cha. So in my head is very serendipitous. I'm like, you know, God just kind of looked out and was like, Hey, I got right. something real special for you. You want to learn a cha-cha? Good luck. 
week after week after week, man, I was just learning new dances and new arts. And I really, really, really became intrigued by uh, for twofold. One, you know, I'm a hopeful romantic, man, truly. I, I actually I am in currently um, getting my master's in um, uh, marriage counseling. I went to school psychology and sociology. I have an aspiration to be a marriage counselor down the road. I feel like that's the most beautiful art, art, article of clothing you can wear is love. And um, I'm philanthropically driven. Most yeah. communities that I go in that are broken typically have broken homes and broken marriages. And most communities I go in that are healthy, when I go to these schools and stuff, they have healthy marriages. So uh, there's something there. All in all, man, dancing with the stars, going back to like that fear of going into the unknown, I actually look for it um, as long as it's not swimming. That's the only thing I ain't doing because I can't do it. I can't figure that one out. But anything else in life, man, I, I love being a novice in the room uh, and appreciate, appreciating that, that, that feeling. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. That began with, I mean, what we learn in sports relates to so much in life. Like stuff that I learned from Kobe Bryant, like, all right, beginner's mentality. I'm going to take a notebook out every meeting. Like 
Peyton Manning said that he had a pen and paper out every meeting. It was five minutes early and he watched practice film after every practice before they walked, before they went over it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that preparation for every, I mean, you're, you're eight, you know, you're like, bro, I don't want to take notes today. Like I got it. It's the same install, but that leads to off the field. That leads to business. That leads to this. That leads to that. That beginner's mentality is, is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's those old habits, man. That's saying that ha- create your habits and then your habits create you. That for sure. That, six, that, six days for a new habit. But I'll tell you yeah. my story about swimming, man. I'll tell you my story about swimming. So I can swim. I'm in Hawaii this offseason with my wife. I'm going to a wedding. I'm going to a friend's wedding. And there's this little cove. And this cove, um, I'll wake up 6 a.m. every day and I'll look out my balcony and it had, this, it had uh, a beach. And it was really calm water. And I mean, it's Hawaii. It's beautiful. My favorite place I've almost ever been. And I saw people swimming across that every single day. And I don't know how deep it is in the middle, but it's probably like 200, 300 yards swim. And I never swam 300 yards. I was like, man, I can swim. Like, you know, whatever. Wednesday, I was like, man, I got to swim that before I go. Like, I got to just accomplish it. Like, I got to swim across. I see older people. I see women. I see kids doing it. I'm like, man, I got to do it. My wife goes out for a night swim one night. She does it. She, she does it. After, like, after the wedding, a couple drinks in, she knocks it out. So I was like, <laughs> I'm the last one left. You know, I'm like the last one at this wedding. I'm like, yo, I got to hit it. So, so boom, I swim out there, and I'm just head down, like, just, you know, focus. One stroke at a time, like, head down. And I look up, and I'm dead center of it, bro. If I go left, it's equal distance for me going backwards. If I go inland, forward, I am the dead apex center. I yeah. look down, bro. It is like 20 feet deep. <laughs> like, it ain't no you can bounce up. I am dead in the middle, bro. And there's a boat coming in and out that people are going to go, like, um, uh, snorkeling or whatever. And a boat's coming, and it's honking at me to get out the way. So I'm dead center. I need a break. I'm rest. I'm treading water, but I'm fighting. The boat's coming. I float back, and a boat's waves kind of pushes me back. And I'm panicked. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not going to die in front of, like, little kids at a nice holiday resort, like, in Hawaii. So I'm like, I I, I bang a left. I'm like, I can't make it. I can't make it. And I start, like, fighting. And I'm not not talking about no nice swimming no more. I'm talking about survival swimming. And I start going under the water and try to swim under the water because I just can't keep my head above. And I somehow, bro, I swear, like, fought, fought for my life got to the end of this, got back to the beach, crawled in, army crawled, and just laid on my back. And like a kid's making a sandcastle, and I almost died. And, and I like, I'm like, bro, I, my ambition almost killed me. And I, I walked back to my wife, and she didn't even see it, bro. Like, it was in front of anybody. And I walked, and she's like, how was it? I was like, you didn't see me, I almost died. And she's like, no, for real? And I was like, yeah. Yo, ever since that moment, dude, I had a shorter breath. I had to go to breath work after that because that that moment brought me anxiety to this day. And I told my wife, you know, I want to take swimming classes because I want to go back to Hawaii and do that swim. I have to. I have to tackle it, bro. I have to. So if I ever, I tell you, I have to tell you this. If I ever see you, me and you are going to go for a swim, dude. We're going to do it. We got to tackle that fear, man. I got to go get it, bro, because it messed me up. And I'd be in the game sometimes doing that breath, like, yo, why am I breathing like this? I never breathe like this during a game. I'm chill during a game. But I felt like I had that anxiety, bro, because it was a real near-death experience, and that trauma 
I really had to do some work in meditation and therapy to like let it go. You know what I'm saying? My breath became shorter because of it. Man, that's crazy, bro. Hey, that's a crazy story, man. The fact that you you want to go right back out there. You know what? That's the sign. I'm gonna tell you right now. You know, that's a sign, that's a sign of a couple things. But one of them that proves an athlete. I had this conversation with somebody about they were like, how do you define an athlete? When 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 they get hurt, break something, almost die. And the first thing they think about when they come to is how do I get back in a position to do that again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bro. Literally deep. And now I know when they say in boxing, take, take them to deep water, take them, take them to the 10th round, take them to deep water and drown. I got to deep water, bro. And I didn't trust myself. I could have made it across. What my whole point was, it took me just as far to swim back, but I panicked. I lost myself. I lost my breath. I got outside of my body and I feared, I feared for my life for real. And I could have finished it. My wife was like, you were dead middle. You probably just could have swam across and finished. But I got in my head about it. So me, I got to do the training. I got to go tackle it because it's just a fear I don't want to live with for the rest of my life. And I got to go, I got to go tackle it. I got to go yeah, tackle you, the things I'm not you, good at because it's going to give me that much more freedom. I don't want to be tied to my fears in this life, man. I was able, I've accomplished way more than I ever thought I accomplished. Honestly, absolutely, man. And, and you really got to do it, too, because that's going to help. I mean, Pat, uh, a really amazing story and an illustration for you, too, of, of, of being center of, of an ocean, right? Center of uh, a choice, you know, center of anything um, where it takes just as much effort to turn around as it does to plow through. That, that I think, like, psychologically... You know, you know, you talk about trauma. What's the opposite of trauma, right? That's going to gift you so much more belief, you know, right. in, in things that you already know, right? Uh, so I, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear, you know, when you actually do hey, cross. We might, we might have to, uh, me and you might have to go do it together, man, and go film it. You know, hey, just know. for the record, you know, you said we could go and, and film it. I'll be the first one. I will film it. On the boat while you swimming. Pull me out. Yeah. It'll be there to pull me out, man. But hey man, I didn't grow up swimming like that. I was in a four-foot pool. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna do the training. I'm gonna tackle it for conditioning. And uh I'm gonna get better at it, man. I'm gonna work on it. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you one day and tell you that I did it, man. And that's gonna be it's a cool thing off my list of something to accomplish, you know? For sure, for sure. <laughs> and people, when I go in the locker room, I'm like, and I tell people, I'm like, yo, why don't you just go get it? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what you want? Why don't you go get it? And they're like, well, where's it at? And I said, right, right, right on the other side of the mountain. Like, you don't realize how close you are sometimes, bro. Go get it. Like, you can get what you want in life, man. You got to believe it and you got to go do it. And when it gets the hardest and it gets bleak and it gets dark and it gets cold and you're in dead middle of the water, you got to, that's when you got to trust in yourself to go push that much further because it's right over right over top of that mountaintop. Absolutely. I mean, you got a lot of great stuff. I think me and you can, can chat for a while. But look, your work with the, the Asthma and Allergy Association of America, man. Tell, tell me about that. Tell me about those kids and kind of and, and your cause. And I'm sure it's close to you. Yeah, man. So I, um, I had asthma when I was younger, big time. I actually was hospitalized. Uh, because of asthma when I was, what, 13. 
my father used to drink and smoke heavily all the time. I'm the youngest of three. I'm not the baby, just the youngest. Right. We got a baby. It's not me. My dad was in the Air Force. He went through a real dark time. You know, it was a point where he just turned to drinking and smoking. So I grew up with that father. He was always there. He just always drinking and smoking. He never really added too much value to the conversation. Never really talked to me about any depth, the birds and the bees, throwing a ball with me, catch, take me out. To, like it was, that just never existed. And the smoking is one of the things that triggered my asthma. It was one particular time I was hospitalized and I was on, you know, hooked up to tubes and things, blowing through a peak flow is only going a centimeter. And I'm fighting and scrapping for my life, my breath, much less what I accomplished too much in life. And the doctors came in and they sat down with my family, myself, and talked to the severity of it. Doctors told my father, hey, it will behoove you to quit smoking around your son is triggering his asthma. And I come home and my dad starts smoking outside and uh, things were okay. And so about two weeks later, he's trickled his way back in the house. So he's smoking back in the house and I'm downstairs and I could smell the smoke seeming through the vent. I started to choke up because of it. And I knew my dad just saw how I was pretty much on my deathbed, so I'm, like, bothered by that, too, that he's smoking in the house. I put a pillow over my face. I go upstairs, knock on his door. His door is closed like it always is. He doesn't answer it. I open the door. He's in the corner drinking and smoking like he always does. And, you know, 13 years old, these big red rim glasses. I pulled a pillow off my face, and I said, hey, Dad, can you stop drinking and smoking to be there for me? And uh, he took a puff of his smoke sip of his drink. He looked dead at me. He said, Rashad, what you want to do when you get older? And um, this is the first time my dad ever asked me that, right? So I'm happy because I like, get to have this conversation. Right. The other half, I can see how it's just arrogancy on his face. So I still take my chance and I tell him, I said, Dad, I want to play running back in the NFL. And uh, he took a puff of his smoke, sip of his drink. And he said, do you think you'd be able to make it to the league without drinking or smoking your damn self. Kind of like, who are you to ask me in my own home not to? Right. And I looked at him with tears in my eyes and I said, dad, just to prove you wrong, I'm never going to do it. And today I'm 36. I've never drank alcohol a day in my life. Never smoked a day in my life. Not against it. Um, I just, it was just to prove him wrong. Right. And it's uh, through that relationship, he watched his little knucklehead care prove him wrong. He ended up quit drinking and smoking himself. We salvaged an amazing relationship. And I was always chasing his love, and I finally got it towards the end. But I say that <clears throat> to talk about, like, asthma to me. Um, asthma, I think, kind of saved my life because I had to focus on breath and had to focus on eating right and I had to focus on all these things uh, to that ended up in enabling me to be very successful at something else. You know, I, I do a lot of work with, uh, <clears throat> uh, asthma and also diabetes association, because, you know, those are, those are some conversations, in, especially in African-American communities that's not talked about enough. And so I, I like to, you know, be a voice in having those conversations. And I, I do stuff every single off season with Asthma and Diabetes Association of getting screwed people screened, getting them educated, along with penny literacy and a lot of stuff I do with the foundation. 
Nah, man, you're a great role model. Um, teach athletes, people, transition, man, transition. What's next? What's coming? You got to keep adapting, keep pushing yourself. And I'm not the editor or producer of this podcast, but this episode is going to be called Why Not You? Why not? You know, why not put yourself in those positions? What's the worst thing that can happen? So I appreciate it, dude. Like I said, I had a couple questions, but we went off topic into some real life stuff that I think um, – I'm happy it came out, man. So I, was, I, I appreciate the opportunity to get to interview you, get to know you. Uh, all good, man. So I appreciate you, dog. Appreciate you, dope. Uh, my favorite one yet, man. You're super, super intriguing dude. And uh, you definitely, you definitely taught me to go chase some things and go tackle some things I'm not good at and learn some new stuff. Thanks for joining us on the NFL Players Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow at NFL Players Podcast on Instagram for the latest player stories and to connect with the NFL Players community. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash the Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.